0: My name is Matt Brown and we are previewing UFC 289. Let's start the show. everybody the world is a better place because you are here to join us my name is matt brown and i am the host of the productive conversations podcast it is friday a summer friday june 9th 2023 we are dropping two episodes for you and this part is a ufc part ufc 289 preview show featuring Dolo Ren. And before I hand it off to Dolo Ren and he does his predictions and he predicts the match card and analyzes what he thinks is going to happen at UFC 289 out of Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. I just want to remind you to like and subscribe to the Productive Conversations podcast on all podcasts and platforms and YouTube. And don't forget to check out exclusive content regarding this show across all social media platforms. We're on Instagram at Productive Conversations Podcast, Twitter at Prakavo Pod, and we're on TikTok at Productive Conversations. So today is a UFC preview show. This is the one show that I am not predominantly in, and we are handing it over to our associate producer, Doloren, aka Alex de Jesus. So he is going to go and talk all things UFC 289. Fan favorite Amanda Nunez is coming on to battle it out and try to retain her UFC Women's Bantamweight Championship. How about that? She's going up against Irene Aldana. And other matches that will meet the eye include a lightweight battle between Charles Oliveira and Benel Darouche. A welterweight battle, Mike Mallet versus Adam Fugid. Dan Inge is going up against Nate Landwehr for a featherweight t- battle. And then the middleweight, Mark andre Beralt versus Eric Anders. Again, I'm sure Dolo has the better pronunciations, but he's going to take it over now, and he's going to talk all things UFC, give his info and insights. And remember, last time we had him on, he predicted three matches, and he hit all of them right. So will Dolo do it again? Will he prove that he knows something about wagering and betting on... UFC and MMA fights. We're gonna have to see. I believe in you, Dolo. Good luck. Have a great show, and let us see what you have to say about UFC 289. Dolo, it's your turn. Here we go.
1: This is a very productive conversation. All right, all right, all right. Sorry for the mic all up in the in the camera. I actually got to keep it a little bit closer to my face. so I'm going to be holding it through the through the episode. Hopefully you all can hear me pretty clearly. Um it's June Let's check this real quick. It's June 8th, 2023. We have UFC 289 right around the corner. Literally let's say it Saturday, 2 days. We have 2 days into the event. Happens UFC 289, Vancouver, I believe it's Rogers Arena. Yeah, 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 UFC is coming back to Canada, you already know. um But my name is Dolo Ren. Welcome to the MMA show, and welcome to Productive Conversations podcast. This show will be hosted by me, Dolo Ren, associate producer of the podcast. And we're pretty much just going to break down the main card fights. Uh, we don't do a lot of undercard or preliminary breakdowns just because um, we we want to give, well, I want to give the most detailed and best breakdown and analysis that I can offer. And the one way that I can do that is by keeping it simple, condensing it to just, you know, the main bouts. And maybe an undercard or preliminary fight every now and then if it's important. May- UFC 291 is going to be crazy. So we're probably going to be doing a lot of that. Covering a lot more fights for certain events. But for UFC 289, we're just going to be covering the main card main card fights. And first off, it's, it's cool that UFC is coming back to um, Canada. We, everybody knows GSP, you know. GSP, one of, one of the GOATs of the sport, arguably the GOAT, if you take into consideration that Jon Jones is on PEDs and you take into consideration that Khabib only really defended his belt maybe twice and didn't really fight all of the best opponents that he could've. But uh, that's neither here nor there. We're back in Canada. And, well... I am stationed in the East Coast, just like Matt is, so, you know, we're covering it from the States, but it would be cool to show up live one day, but our goal today is to just break down the main card fights, give you all the best predictions, and see if we can get you all to win some money, and get you guys to understand the sport a little bit more, and hopefully this helps, hopefully this helps, so... I guess we can just start off by starting from the bottom, starting from the bottom up. I feel like we should start with uh, with covering the Mike Mallet and Adam Fujit fight. We should start there. And by the way, this was actually recorded the day before. So this is just a re-recording. It was some technical difficulties that happened. so. And plus, I realized that uh, my mic has to kind of be in my hand, So, I, you know, I got the, got the thing. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna work on this, but for now we gonna work with what we got, you know? Uh, oh, whoa, see? Look, mic almost flew out my hand. All right, so let's get it started, man. Let's get it started. Let me let me actually fix this. All right, boom. All right, let's get this started, y'all. Let's get this started. Um, So what we're gonna do for the show and now that I'm on camera, this isn't, you know, an audio exclusive episode like the last one. Uh since since I got y'all here with me, what we're gonna do is switch from my face to the desktop view. So I could show you guys a breakdown of the records and breakdown of the accolades and where they stand in the UFC. So we should get it started there. We should get it started there. And mind you, UFC two eighty eight we had all the predictions right. All three predictions we made on the main card we're, were correct, so we're gonna try to keep that streak going. We're three for three right now. We're trying to be six for six. I'm gonna give you all three solid predictions for this fight, for this event. So let's start it, man, let's start it. We got Mike Mallet versus Adam Fugit in the welterweight division. Now, just to start it off, just to start it off, um, Mike Mallet is one of those guys that's like a prospect. He's a really good guy from, um, really good fighter from Team Alpha Male. And I believe he's from, uh, I don't want to, I don't want to mess it up. I don't want to get it wrong. So let's see what it says on his profile on the website. So boom, we have Mike Mallet, as you can see, right on here. Um, nickname is proper. His record is 9-1-1. I'm trying to see if it says where he's from. Uh, What I can tell you is that he's from Canada. He's absolutely from Canada. But, um... Okay. His birthplace was in Cleveland, but... He will be representing Canada. As you can see in these thumbnails right here. He has a Canadian flag behind him. So from what I understand he will be representing Canada and yeah we're gonna go from there he does he does uh training train with alpha male so he does he is in the states a lot but um as you can see from here we have four wins by knockout five wins by submission nine first round finishes and he has about nine wins so you can see right there that this guy is is pretty solid very solid um we have a little bit more of a breakdown here. His striking accuracy is 42%, which isn't bad at all. Takedown accuracy, 43, that's not bad at all. Um, and he's he's landing a good amount of his strikes and not ab- absorbing less than he's landing. But um, the main thing to see here is that this man is a head hunter. If you can see about seventy five percent of his strikes go to the head. And he is known to throw some kicks to the body too at nineteen percent and very few leg kicks. He's not he's not a big leg kick guy. But um the guy the guy uses a lot of karate karate kind of kicks and stuff. And so far in the UFC let's see his records. So far in the UFC he's only had about two fights. I thought it was three, but right here it's it's showing two. This might be the third one, actually. So, um he has a good win over uh Mickey Gall. Mickey Gall who was another prospect um that he was able to beat. And just so just so people know who Mickey Gall is, for the casual that's joining, and that there's nothing wrong with being a casual, it's fine. Um we we know Mickey Gall from Beating CM Punk Now everybody knows CM Well I don't know if everyone knows But CM Punk was a wrestler That was given a contract with the UFC To take a shot at You know At at trying to start a UFC career I guess I don't know MMA career Um, It didn't pan out well for him I believe his first fight was with Mickey Gall And it, It just wasn't too successful He probably got a takedown or something But Mickey Gall really Really put it on him Mickey Gall really put it on him, so uh yeah, Mickey Gall was supposed to be like a prospect from that point on, you know. And he was a very good wrestler, tall guy, lean guy. But um uh our man Mike Mallet was able to take him all the way to decision. So pretty cool right there. It's pretty cool right there. Very, very notable win. Probably the most notable win he has. On his record. Now to look at my notes and to share share with y'all what I believe will happen and what this man is about. Let's break it down. Um, as you guys can see, when I let me switch it back real quick, just so you guys can see. Boom. As you can see, he has five wins by submission, four wins by knockout. Nine first-round finishes. So with that said, he is someone that's going to be looking for submissions and someone that could put you out as well very quickly. Um, We haven't seen him go into championship rounds or anything really past three rounds, so we don't know how his gas tank really is, but um, it really shouldn't be too much of an issue. Uh well in this fight at least. In the future it's, it's something that he's gonna have to train and be prepared for. Cause with a lot of that muscle mass, you know, it comes a lot of a lot of a necessity for oxygen. So we don't know you know, we see that we see that Mike Mallet is is a solid guy, big, strong kind of guy. Uh This is a guy that that holds mitts for Cody Garbrandt And doesn't even move an inch Like this is, you know This is someone that's, that's very solid on his feet But he's gonna be a guy that's gonna go for submissions mostly And out of the five submission wins that he has Out of the five submission wins that he has I believe four of them Four of them are different kinds of submissions I believe one was a triangle choke One was a guillotine I believe he's pulled off two arm bars he he's used four different submissions in his five submission wins so this is a guy that really knows his jiu-jitsu and i'll be honest with you this is a really this is a really kind of well-rounded fighter you know he's six one he's orthodox um like i said mostly a headhunter you know he's throwing that left hook and that cross combination a lot and it seems like he throws some uppercuts in there. Like he has, a, he has a decent variety of punches when it comes to the standup. <laughs> but to be honest, you know, he's the type of guy that he'll throw a right and then keep the left low. So in the future, that might be a problem for him. He might run into some issues dealing with that in the future. But at this point of at this point of his career, he's been very successful with just having the basic fundamentals down and striking. He's able to throw some karate kicks in there. Like, you know, he's able to get his 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 leg up there to hit you in the head. Um, he does a lot of mid, mid-body kicks, too. And like I said, they're kind of karate style. So, he's not going for a lot of leg kicks, that is. So, in the future, he could face an elite striker. That could kind of pick him apart. And Adam Fugit is a pretty... A pretty Damn good striker himself, but I wouldn't call him elite yet. He hasn't really proven that yet. But he's a good striker. He's finding a good striker, so we'll see how that goes on that end. But we know that Mike Mallet has the power. We know that he has the well-roundedness. He has the first-round finishes, all first-round finishes. So this guy's been this guy's been doing this thing for a little while, and we we also. We also got to take into effect fact that um, he, the people he trains with, just the people he trains with in Alpha Mill, you know, he's he's in a good camp with some really good people. So you got to take that into into consideration when when covering this fight. There's a lot of things that he can learn. There's a lot of things that he can be prepared for, and there's a lot of things that they're drilling nonstop over there, and the dedication that they have at that at that camp is something else, you know. It's it's a dedication I got uh Jana and Jan Her um, Her victory You know They did a lot for Jan So You know I believe I believe Mike Mallet Is in good company over there And um Another fun fact about him Is that He recently compared MMA to doing heroin And he said That Skydiving is less Is less Is Is how do you say it? Is less exciting than doing MMA. So this is a man that would rather that that for him it's easier to jump out of a out of a airplane, out of a helicopter, than for him to um to for him to fight. Like there's less nerves involved. And that says a lot that there's less nerves involved with him jumping out of a plane rather than jumping in a cage. That's crazy. That man is crazy. So, you know, this is, he's got an insane mindset he, he, he clearly loves fighting So this is a guy that could really have a bright future Especially if he wins in Canada So, now we'll cover Adam Fujit. Now let's go to Adam Fugit's play, uh, page real quick Just to give you insight on him A little bit more insight Boom, we got Adam Fujit. That's him right there If you can see my mouse circling around it uh he has a record of 9-3 and 0. Oh. So he doesn't have any no contests like um like Mike Mallet. The straight wins and losses. Um he's had four wins by knockout, three by submission. So clo- kind of close to what Mike Mallet's done, but Mike Mallet has a lot more um submission wins. And this is a guy that's more Muay Thai oriented, more boxing oriented. Um, he, has a, he has a better accuracy as far as striking. He attempts, it seems that he t- attempts more takedowns, but lands less of them, a lot less of them. So we see that um, he lands more strikes than Mike Mallet at 5.40 on an average per minute. And his striking defense is there. His takedown defense is 100%. No one's been able to take him down yet which is a good thing. And you can see by target. If you see by target, he has um, more diversity as far as where he's landing. He's landing more leg shots than, more leg kicks than Mike Mallet. He's landing to the body a little bit more, I'd say, by like 8% and he's landing less to the head. So this is a guy that's more, has more variety of where he's landing those strikes. And a, and the strike placement, so that's something to take it take into account. We're dealing with a better striker on record, and he's just the same as Mike Mallet with only only very few um, UFC fights, only two UFC fights, one in which he lost um, when he when he debuted and he got KO'd in the third round, but his last one. He he beat Kinoshita in a in a tough gritty fight. Um well at least for that for how long it, it lasted. It was it was a little bit back and forth to be honest. So we got a guy there that is really gritty. He's a really good um MMA practitioner. He's a very good Muay Thai practitioner uh, sorry Muay Thai practitioner. And this won't be this won't be uh, a wrestler versus wrestling kind of match, but Adam Fuji does possess uh, takedown abilities that are akin to Colby Covington, where he's where he's um, mixing in the takedowns with the strikes, and he's trying to grind you against the cage, which is which is probably why a lot of his takedowns haven't landed, because it it seems like he's trying to put that pressure on you with the wrestling, maybe throw you off. Between the striking exchanges And Just a guy that's uh That's just trying to grind you down And get you to the ground So he could ground pound you Just like he did Kinoshita And he showed his um killer instinct When he fought Kinoshita too You know the fact that he was able to finish it On the ground like that And Pull off that victory And finish it off You know there's a lot of guys that Don't know how to finish it And this guy knows how to finish So that's gonna be something it's going to be something that's going to work in his favor if it goes to the ground. Adam Fujit might have that advantage. But Mike Mallet is somebody that's ready to take it to the ground as well. And if it goes to the ground, I believe um I believe Mike Mallet ultimately has the um the advantage there because of his jiu-jitsu and because of his submission prowess. Now with uh with adam fugit uh he 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 like when he's standing up and his stance he's uh he's keeping his head out he's sticking his head out his head out a lot and it it could really hurt him you know fighting a guy like mike mallet that throws in those uppercuts that hook you know the, the 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 weapons that he usually uses when he's throwing punches, and it could be something that could turn out bad for Adam Fuji. You know, this is a guy that's very confident in striking, clearly, and he's throwing a lot of feints. He's throwing a lot of feints to the low to the low legs, to to, to the body. Um, he's feinting knees, you know, and this is a guy that's comfortable where he's at. But you know, having that having that chin stuck out and not you know tucked in how it probably should be. It's gonna cause some problems for him, and I feel like Mike Malik can can exploit that that weakness in his defense, can exploit that hole in his armor. It's gonna be tough. It's gonna be a good fight. It might be the best fight of the of the main card, to be honest, because we'll get into the other fights soon. But um We also have a longer reach advantage um for Adam Fujit. You know, a striker that would with a four inch longer reach advantage, seventy seven versus seventy three. It's it's going to be a tough night for for Mike Mallett, but I, I believe Mike Mallett ultimately pulls off the victory. I don't think he'll get a first round knockout. I mean, if he does, that would be pretty great, but um, it could be a first round submission. I don't know if he's going to keep the first round streak going, but I believe he will keep the finish streak going he will keep the winning streak going and i believe it'll end up somewhere on the ground with with mike mallet's uh knowledge in jujitsu i believe it's gonna i believe it's gonna pay dividends for him and then i believe that's how it ends i believe it ends in a submission but We'll see how it goes It's gonna be a good fight I believe Mike Mallet has this one I just think he's more well-rounded And I think he's a little bit stronger And and he's just around He's just, he's in a better camp And he's had a better time in MMA so far So I'm gonna I'm a pick Mike Mallet for this one Go for the money lines When, you, when you're when talking to me If you're asking me It's better off to just go for the money lines Because anything can really happen in a fight But sometimes you... You you get it. You get a good. You get a good idea of who you think is gonna win, but you might not know exactly how. So, I'm gonna say go for the money line. Mike Mallett for UFC 289 against Adam Fujit. Now let's go on to the next one. Let's go on to the next one. We are covering Charles Oliveira, ranked number one at lightweight. Versus Benil Dariush ranked number four at lightweight. Now, these are two guys that are really good at jiu Very good jiu jitsu guys, right off the top. Just got to let you know. Um, we're dealing with a guy in Dariush where if we see right here, if I could quickly show you, if I can quickly show you right here, Benil Dariush, number four, lightweight division. He's 22, 4 and 1 eight fight win streak at the moment that's the one thing you guys got to look at right here he's on an eight fight win streak this is a guy that knows how to win he's been winning a lot lately he doesn't win a lot by knockout he's he's not he's not a knockout artist and he's not maybe not the best striker but he has more wins by submission than by knockout which will tell us that he is going to be a problem he's going to be a problem as far as jujitsu goes now we have a good amount of striking accuracy good amount of takedown accuracy um and the guy's he's another guy that's you know more, a little bit more diverse in where he lands and It's a guy that will this is a guy that will stand up with you he had a good win against um, Gamrat. You know, he beat Tony Ferguson in the fight before that. And that's kind of, you know, T- Tony Ferguson's been kind of on like a down spiral anyway. So there's not much in there. But four fights ago, he had a first round knockout against Holtzman. And I believe that knockout was like a spinning backfist. I, I believe it was a spinning backfist. Now this is a guy that's usually gonna take you to a decision, as you can see. You know he has more decisions there. He's had some decent success as far as KOs, but you know it's kind of it's kind of a checkered pass But in the past few fights, he's just gotten decisions. So this is a guy that's mostly gonna bring you to decision nowadays. And yeah, that's that's a decent breakdown of what he's got going on. But um like I said before he's a good jujitsu guy, he's a very good jujitsu guy. And to be honest, like when it comes to his striking, he's he's a guy that's like I call it caveman striking. He it's a little bit it's it's similar to Bilal Muhammad, which is which was something we talked about in the last episode, how they replaced um Bilal with Benil and then they replaced uh what's his name? Um, Gilbert with uh, Charles You know uh, Ironic kind of coincidences With Charles being from, the, from from Brazil And Gilbert being from Brazil And with Bilal and Benil having similar styles We got that kind of thing going again But obviously You know d- Definitely different aspects to this fight That's going to make it different But uh, Dariush man he's, he, he's not the greatest at at, at at striking but he's going to come and throw a barrage of punches and he's going to pick, you know, good timing to throw it and it's it's almost like he uses his striking to just ultimately get a submission so you know it's it's going to be interesting to see how it how it meshes up with Charles Oliveira but um Darius he's he's good at taking punches as well when he fought Drocker close a guy he fought recently maybe not too recently but recently enough um he uh he was able he was actually dropped by a right hand and you know we don't see him get dropped too much but you know it's something to note for this fight that he was dropped by a right hand is something that he's susceptible to and oliveira those very good right hands now we might have to Check real quick to see Boom Let's see what his uh, They mostly have him as like a I believe on paper He's mostly like a self I I could be wrong But uh Either way forget that We uh We got a guy in Darius That's gonna bring the fight He's gonna bring the fight And it's gonna be a good one And we'll see how it goes But We know that There are shots that That Darius can really tank Like I said he doesn't get dropped a lot But Oliveira does get dropped a lot So that's kind of a funny thing right there Funny how that goes But um I I think it's gonna be I think he's gonna do better than people think Yeah I think people are sleeping on him Cause maybe he's not the most exciting fighter But He's, he's very good in his own right, you know, and he's been waiting for this time. So this this is a motivated Bernard Dariush. But Oliveira, man, Charles Oliveira, Doe Bronx, man. Everybody knows if if you're a UFC fan, I don't understand how you're not a fan of Charles Oliveira. It almost doesn't make sense. You know, you look at his record. He's been here for a long time. He's, You know, he's 33-9. and 33-9, that's a lot of losses, but that's a hell of a lot of wins. This guy is already a vet, you know, when you look at it that way. He's number one in the lightweight division right now. Number eight pound for pound. And twenty one wins by submission. That is monster compared to what we see here with Dariush. Eight wins by submission. Right here we got twenty one wins by submission, which is crazy. Crazy. So you know his last his last win. Well, I guess his last fight you can say was a loss to Makashev. He lost by submission. But the other two guys he fought before that are going to be headlining 291. Dustin Poirier and Justin Gaethje. Um, they're going to be they're going to be fighting for a second time UFC 291. And Gaethje and Oliveira has submission wins over both of them. Gaethje he put out very quickly. He almost knocked him out, to be honest. But, um... With Poirier, went to a third-round submission. And with Michael Chandler, he just straight-up knocked him out. You know, he, he caught Tony Ferguson on his way down, too. So, that's something, you know, something to note. You know, I believe him and... I believe him and Darius are part of, like, that, you know... Part of the reason, you know... Ferguson might not be coming back. Who knows? But, uh... Yeah, man, we we got a tough guy here. We got a very tough guy, and 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 a guy that's that is really gonna be there to fight. He's always there to fight. It's it's the reason that you know a lot of people love Charles Oliveira. And this is a guy that is on his comeback. You know, before the Makashev before the Makachev fight, he actually was on a win streak himself I believe it was an 11 fight win streak that he was on before he lost to Makachev so even though Binal Darush is on his win streak right now Charles Oliveira had a much longer one and against much tougher opponents not to take nothing away from um Benal but you know Charles Oliveira just had a better you know he has a better resume he has a better resume I believe he's a more technical striker. He's a little bit more um, Precisive and more calculated When it comes to the striking Whereas Bernard Darius is trying to throw These barrage of punches To just kind of get you to the ground Sort of, you know And Oliveira is just a lot more exciting You know, they're both pretty cool You know, Darius is is a Pretty exciting fighter in his own right But we're talking about Charles Oliveira Now come on now You know how that goes he um, it's it's a uh, I just think this is one for Oliveira to be honest. I think Oliveira will, will be able to win this fight and to be honest, I'll give I'll give, I'll go even deeper since Dariush has, you know, in his recent few outings has been able to take it long distance. I believe this fight will go long distance as well. I believe Binal ben- Dariush is ready for this moment. And I believe he, he's inspired and motivated to beat Charles Oliveira Because that would be an amazing win on his resume And if Charles Oliveira comes back and he really wants, you know, that title like he says Because, you know, just the other day he has a quote He had a quote saying that he he wakes up early and goes to sleep late Because all he can think about is reclaiming the belt for Makachev The number one champion at lightweight right now so if if we're to believe what he's saying, then we're gonna see a very motivated Charles Oliveira as well. We're gonna see a motivated Charles Oliveira as well. So these are gonna be two guys that want to win, two guys that want to win, and this might be the second best fight on the main card. Where and I believe Mike Mallett will have the Mike Mallett and Adam Fujit will probably have the best fight because of how their styles mesh up, but. For Oliveira and Dariush, this could be a good fight too, man. It could be a good fight. But I I believe that ultimately Oliveira will use his jiu-jitsu prowess and he will be able to get a submission in the fourth round. And I think Charles Oliveira's power and precision, precision will affect Bernard Darius in a negative way. I don't think he's going to be ready for that kind of level of competition. Whereas Oliveira's fought... Killers and beaten and taken out killers. So I believe his resume is going to match up way better. And I just ultimately think Oliveira wins this fight. Now, with with the Mike Mallet and Adam Fuji fight, I really didn't go into what's next for them, depending on who wins, because they're still on their come up in the game. Who knows what's next for them? It really depends on how they perform in, in this event. So, with that said, I believe that if Oliveira wins, if Oliveira wins, he should fight the winner of Gaethje and Poirier so one of those guys could get that rematch in. That would be good, you know, that'll that'll sell some good, you know, pay-per-views, and it'll give one of them guys a chance at redemption, and it'll give Oliveira a chance at, you know, fighting the top guy again and getting his redemption you know, we're playing a game of redemption at that point So I believe that's what should happen If Oliveira wins He should fight the winner of Gaethje and Poirier Sit out for a little while And, you know, just watch how, watch how it unfolds I guess you could say And, um Sorry, just a second And if Daryush wins Then I believe he should get a shot at the title Against Islam Makachev You know, regardless of how impressive he wins or not you know you beat the number one guy come on now you got to get that you got to get that spot you got to get that spot you got to get the next shot it's only being fair no matter how he wins whether it's boring whether it's a a gifted decision who knows how it goes but he should absolutely fight Islam Makachev if he wins if he wins I don't think he will that's what should go go down if it happens but for this fight y'all should be picking oliveira to win do the money line but if you want to be courageous go for a submission win and I'd say somewhere past the third round I'd say the fourth round to be honest but but you know you want to play it safe you want to you know get that parlay right you want to go for the money line and that's what I did so like i said if you if you want to be risky though Bet on Oliveira win by submission in the fourth. All right. Now, now that we kind of gone up the ladder with this, uh, we should be covering Amanda Nunez versus Irene Aldana. Now, just to set this off, um, this is the headlining card. A lot of people don't really like this card, to be honest. They don't really like this event. They feel like it's kind of a weaker event, but I kind of disagree. Amanda Nunez is a pound-for-pound pound champ. Someone that's proven in the game. Uh very proven. You know, we, we could go and see her accolades right here. We can look at Amanda Nunez. Boom. 22 and 5. 13 wins by knockout. 14 first round finishes. Four wins by submission, number one pound for pound women's fighter in the world, at least in the UFC. And her last win was a redemption win from beating a Juliana Pe- from losing to Juliana Pena in 2021, and Nunez is able to come back and get a win over Pena in the rematch. So it says a lot right there, what she's able to do and you know coming back from adversity this was supposed to actually be a trilogy fight now this was supposed to be a trilogy fight but unfortunately it didn't go down like that because juliana pena actually pulled out from a broken rib from i believe a fractured rib or something so we were supposed to get a trilogy fight for this headlining fight didn't happen that way but uh we got a pretty good stand in from Irene Aldana, you know. Now, if we check out Irene Aldana, let me get this right for y'all. Let me get this right for y'all. Boom. We got Irene Aldana right here. Number five in the women's bount- bent weight division. So she's ranked. She's up there in the rankings. Um, she's 14 and six, and she's had nine first round finishes, eight wins by knockout three wins by submission so this is more um this is someone that's really on the come up i can't even say she's more of a striker because amanda nunez is an elite striker in the ufc so i can't really say that uh she's more of a striker but she's a very good striker and as you can see she um her last two fights were wins were wins by knockout and the last fight was when it was a knockout in the third round. It was a knockout in the third round. She's able to go five rounds with Holly Holm. In the past, she lost that fight, but just the fact that she's able to go five rounds with a legend like Holly Holm says a lot as well. So this is someone that you know this is someone that's gonna come. She's she's game. She's from Guadalajara, Mexico. She's a beast. She could really fight. Now um. To, to go more into her, to go more into Irene Aldana, she, she's still, you know, she's been around the game. She's, you know, ranked number five. Um, this is someone that does get hit a lot, to be honest. But she's a very tough fighter. She's someone that's coming, willing to fight and willing to put it on the line. You know, she's really got that Mexican warrior spirit that in the boxing world we all love and appreciate. So this is someone that's really gonna come ready to fight. Uh it's not it's not that um it's not a big thing for her submissions. Submissions aren't really a big thing for her, but it it should be noted that she did beat Bethe Correa by submission. You know, another Brazilian that comes forward and fights with pressure like Amanda Nunez. Now, they shouldn't really be compared. Because Amanda Nunez was such a better fighter than Beth a. Correa. But it's still something to take into account. You know, it's very possible that she could kind of take the pressure of a fighter and flip it in her own favor. So she's been proven to do that before. But I'm just going to be honest, man. Like, this isn't a fight we wanted. This isn't the fight that fans wanted. Irene Aldana is just kind of uh, this a replacement for what we should have got in the trilogy fight. But this should be, you know, as far as your parlay goes, you should just bet Amanda. I don't really know. I mean, it's just more likely she'll win by knockout. But this would be a good fight. This would be a decent fight. It's just not what we wanted as fans. So, you know, take that how you will, but, you know, there's almost not really much to talk about, where, you know, we're talking about the pound-for-pound pound number one champion in Amanda Nunez, who just recently lost, you know, but was able to avenge that loss, so when you take that into account, she's pretty much beaten like, 11 or 12 fighters straight, she doesn't have that win streak, um, like, maybe, a uh, a, a, a Dariush would, but... Or like Charles Oliveira did before, but oh no, no, she she's actually if you consider a rematch, if you consider someone avenging their loss in a rematch, as continuing that win streak sorted, then yeah, she's on like a twelve fight win streak. She avenged that loss, and you know she's beaten twelve fighters. The last twelve fighters she's fought, she's beaten. Let's just be honest, you know. So Amanda Nunez, man, that's a goat. That's the goat right there. That's the goat. And I was like. <laughs> but like, is it just should be an easy pick? We should just go ahead and pick Amanda on this one. Irene Aldana could come out and really surprise. And we know that she, you know, she got that Mexican warrior spirit, that Aztecan blood. It's gonna go far, you know. It's gonna take her far in her career as it has already. But we're talking about, you know, we're talking about the queen. She's coming for the queen right now, and it's not gonna. It's not gonna end up well for her. That's just my plain, straight-up opinion. As far as after this fight, honestly, Irene Aldana, if she wins, then that'll be pretty crazy. I wouldn't even know what to predict after that. That would just shake up. That would shake up the scene if Irene won, to be honest. That would shake it up completely, um, the Bantamweight scene. Um, And I don't know if I mentioned that before. They're fighting Bantamweight. Amanda Nunez, a bantamweight queen. So, it'll shake up the division if Amanda loses to this woman. But it's probably not going to happen. What we should look forward to after Amanda Nunez wins is the trilogy fight with Juliana Pena. That's the only real thing to really look forward to as far as this division. Uh, There's other good fighters for sure, but, you know, Amanda's queen. She's a queen right now. Number one pound for pound women's fighter. That's all you gotta say. So I'm picking Amanda Nunez on this fight as well as all of you should. Um There's not much more to say about that fight right there. And like I said, this is a card, UFC 289 is not really an event that everyone was super hyped for, but it's an event that's gonna that's uh that's gonna be pretty good. And I think we got some solid wins here I, You know, pretty much I believe all of them are I believe all of them are underdogs Let me check my FanDuel sports book real quick Let me pause this real quick for y'all Oh, okay Alright, so that whole time I was talking I was talking for a little while, but it was paused So, um Now that it's not paused Let me show y'all um My FanDuel again, hold on Alright, boom So we got, oh Alright, so this is my fan door right here This is my parlay Just to show y'all I'm not playing Every pick I gave y'all is what is what we gonna get You know, is, is what is what I put my money on Every pick I gave y'all So I put in $10, and forty right now The only one that's like an underdog is Charles Oliveira Which I'm not sure why Charles, Charles Oliveira would be an underdog right now I'm really not sure why that's the case um Benil Darius is on that win streak but we're talking about Charles Oliveira how many times does he does he have to prove it how many times does this man have to get dropped to get back up I'm not buying it as you can see my parlay set in and my picks are set in so yeah that's that's what we should go for you know, those three picks is what y'all should go for if y'all wanna win. And that's my honest opinion. And I'm locked in already, so we're gonna wait till Saturday comes to see how this goes. But those are my those are my main those are my main picks for the main card. And as far as the undercard and preliminary fights, I gotta just enjoy those, man. you just should just as fans watch those as casuals, just you know, try to get into the sport, you know, watch a little bit watch a little bit of what's going on. Um, I don't want to make too many picks on those kind of fights I, I, I would like to just kind of focus on the main cards And you know focus laser focus on those And that's how we're going to proceed with all this So once again UFC 289 Vancouver Rogers Arena You want to pick on your parlay Amanda Nunez taking a win money line Charles Oliveira money line Mike Mallet money line so boom, those are your picks. Those are your picks for UFC 289. I hope y'all win some money. I hope y'all, you know, I hope it goes good for everybody. And yeah, it should be solid. It should be really solid. Even though it's not, you know, a very hyped up event. It should be a solid card. And I think we'll all enjoy it. And however it goes, we will be back here for the reaction. And we'll talk about the wins. We'll talk about the losses. And we'll talk about what happened in the fights So You'll be able to look forward to that But If there's anything else going on I'm not sure There's there's a lot of stuff There's actually a lot of stuff going on at MMA right now And I might start doing a separate segment Just to cover MMA news So you can look forward to that And I might make these as separate shows Just for predictions for UFC cards And you know This, this show is still in it's infancy but hopefully I'll be able to help you guys Make some good predictions And help y'all understand the sport a little bit more So I think we'll just leave it right there And we'll leave MMA news for another time So I guess we can end it right there My, my name is Dolo Ren Associate producer at the Productive Conversations podcast And now MMA analyst for the show So shout out to Matt Brown Shout out to Matt Brown for you know, giving me the opportunity to do this show and to to lead way with it. Uh, shout out to the other shows on the on the platform, you know, NBA, NFL, college ball, wrestling, all of that stuff, man. The tweet cap, we got the Topic Thunder. Sorry, my nose, my nose kind of issue. We got the Topic Thunder show coming. You know, we got the second second show coming soon. Think we're gonna be doing that once a month I might be on the next one I'm not too sure at the moment But Like I said I'm gonna try to give y'all more MMA news shows as well So You can look forward to that as well And Yeah we got some Exciting stuff In the works And We got an exciting card Which should be a pretty good card At least On Saturday So Check it out You know Don't go broke Buying the pay per view You could probably catch it on reddit you know, there's there's TikTok channels that you could catch fights on too. But you know, I don't want to give out the sauce too much. But either way, I think we should end it right there. See, Mandolo Ren. It's good talking to y'all. It's good seeing y'all. And hopefully, we all win some money on Saturday. I'll check you guys next time. <laughs> Sorry, it's kind of an awkward bye, awkward goodbye. But um, I'm gonna work on that too. I'll see you guys on the next one. Peace.
0: Thank you, Dolo Ren, for a great, great podcast. Awesome insight. Like you said, let us win us some money. And I'm excited to see what you have to say after the fact. Don't forget to like and subscribe to the Productive Conversations podcast on all podcasts and platforms and YouTube. And don't forget to check out exclusive content regarding the show across all social media platforms. We're on Instagram at Productive Conversations Podcast, Twitter at Pod, and we're on TikTok at Productive Conversations. Check us out on Facebook as well. At Productive Conversations. So if you haven't already, check out our review and reaction to game three of the NBA Finals. That podcast was released today as well. And we will react to the finals game four on Friday night and Game 5 on Monday night. And we'll give you a show on Wednesday reacting to that. So that is going to be the gist of it. Then we have UFC this weekend as well. Let's see what happens at UFC 289. And yeah, we are going to come back with you with some more quality content next week. As usual, we're even going to be recording a Topic Thunder that should be released two weeks from now. So a lot to be excited for. Good stuff ahead. I want to thank Alex DeJesus for what he does behind the scenes and given his prediction and analysis for UFC 289. We again will see his reaction later next week we talk NBA Finals next week as well, and then we will have nothing but more quality content from there. So, everybody, have a wonderful weekend. My brother Brendan's going to be home this week. He's coming home on Friday, so we're excited to see Brendan. Coming back from Miami, going to the Belmont Stakes, and that's going to be a great family day. And, yeah. Just going to be relaxing and going to the Puerto Rican Day Parade in New York City as well. So, if you're around, let us know. That's going to be on Sunday. So, action-packed weekend, a nice summer weekend. Let us appreciate the fact that we can enjoy the summer, and let's make big moves after that. So, again, my name is Matt Brown. I am the host of the Productive Conversations podcast, and I'll see you next week with more great Productive Conversations content. All right. Much love. Peace.